Hello and welcome to the No Holds Barred Witchcraft podcast. Now, we don't have Chris this week. He's off saving people from COVID and stuff. And I thought I'd try and line up someone to talk to. Now, you know we like to take the piss out of Wiccans and psychics, but we haven't picked on any New Agers. Now, I did turn over a couple of rocks to try and find New Agers. Couldn't find any. I just found little bugs scurrying away. Not too dissimilar from New Agers when you have a conversation with them, actually. Um, So the best I can come up with is actually my friend Lee, who isn't technically a New Ager, but he's the closest thing because he has an interest in gurus and stuff like that. So what we're going to do is try and probe his mind and see his point of view from certain things. Maybe some things we'll agree on, maybe some things we won't. So, Lee, are you ready to be probed? Yeah, probe me, baby. Let's do it. Let's and, get and did probe. I manage to dominate the podcast? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, you're recording as well aren't you so you're going to try and make your own podcast out of this is that right yes yeah so what we were going to do uh weren't we was uh obviously i was going to have you on my podcast talk a little bit about witchcraft you're going to have me on your podcast um talk a little bit um about i don't know whatever you guys kind of talk about your witchcrafty stuff it sounds like a lot like you say it sounds like a lot of bitchings involved it sounds like you don't talk about anything useful it's just pure bitching by the sounds of it. So, so. so have you listened to our, our No Holds Barred Witchcraft podcast or not? I've listened I've listened to a little bit of it, yeah. Did you learn anything? I learned nothing. Okay. I actually I actually went backwards. I actually came okay. away actually knowing less than 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 when I went in. Yeah. Uh, the unworthy, the the mundane. <laughs> it's all coded, you see. That's the thing with witchcraft. It's all a secret, isn't it? So we yeah. can't be having too many mundanes know our secrets. <laughs> subtext i believe they call it <laughs> so what do you want to talk about are we going to talk about some of these gurus because you're a prolific reader of books aren't you i don't think i think it would take me a year to read through all the books that you probably get through every time i see you you're always reading something from someone um so what was the last thing you actually read uh, I'm currently reading a book by Dr. Joe Dispenza um, about how to lose your mind and create a new one. Okay. Um, and um, it's actually got quite, uh, yeah, it's got some sort of relation between I feel. In fact, I'm not going to say what I was going to say because if I do, it will it already put it in a box, which I don't want to put it in. But it talks a lot about... Um, <laughs> It talks right, a lot about okay. so it talks about a lot about manifestation and like the idea of you know the whole idea of um, if you you know you have to feel it if you're gonna think and if you're gonna think about something and you wanna you wanna manifest something and you wanna uh, you also have to feel it and it also talks about how you have to change your um, essentially your your learned emotion so if you have an emotion that you've learned from when you're eight years old or six, fifteen year olds or you know whatever it may be. Um, if you've learned that emotion and that emotion is in your body, then the idea is to be aware of that emotion, um, change it so that it's no longer held, you're, it's not being held anymore, and um, and change what you do. So if you, let's say you're trying to manifest money, um, however, you're not, you, every single day you're doing the same day in, day out, then the idea is 
you need to change. You need to like, so you need to think positively in terms of money. You need to know what you want. You need to visualize it. And then you need to do some, some change. You need to change what you do uh, in your everyday life. Perhaps put yourself in circumstances where, and situations where there might be opportunities. How, and, and, and that's what I'm getting from it so far is the free uh, things to change are your environment, your body so you want to change your body you want to change that emotional memory um the environment and then i think the last one was time space and time so you want to also um and i forget what that was to be honest with you well you've moved on a little bit from osho and sad guru then because <laughs> i think those were your favorites at one point weren't they Osho's cool. I like Osho. Osho. Yeah, I joined. I joined. Sign me up to that cult. Which is the one that had the cult where people got killed? Is that Osho? I, Osho, I, I, I think. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You want to be signed up for that? I think. I think you're a little bit too late now. I don't think it's still going, is it? Nah, he's gone, mate. Yeah. There's a Netflix documentary, isn't there? Wild Wild West. Yeah, that's it. I watched bits of it, but I haven't watched the full. Um, full lot but that's the thing with a lot of gurus and stuff like that what do you think that you get from those sorts of things because that's the thing I mean a lot of these people that we've just mentioned they've got books out and they also have like YouTube interviews and stuff like that that you can go and look up and research why do you think they they put out the information that they put out do you think these people really want to help others because it all ends up rather bad in the end often, doesn't it, when it comes to these cults and stuff? Do you think they're rotten from day one? Or do you think that it kind of just goes rotten? No, I think that uh, obviously with, when it comes to humans, you're dealing with, um, you're dealing with, a, 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 essentially you're dealing with like a body of emotion, a body of past experience, a body of ego, a body of, you know, whatever it may be, there's, there's, there's all these different, um, there's all these different qualities to a human. And um, so, yeah, obviously some people are going to write a book and they're going to try and get it out and they're going to, they're going to do it from a point of, I want to make as much money as I can, or they're going to write a book and they're going to get it out in terms of like, I, I want to give people value. The reason why I read these books myself is because uh, what I've realized is I quite enjoy trying to, um, improve my perception of reality and 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 grat and and I, I like having those little epiphanies and those little realizations about yourself or where you read something and I do believe that you can have a conversation with someone and they can ask you a question that you've never thought of before and then it can really like open up something inside of you inside your mind uh and and and, and um so I enjoy trying to seek those moments where I read something new, a different perspective. Um, also, when you read a book, you can, you can experience someone's life. If somebody's spent 25 years, 30 years studying something specific, um, you can then come in and read and know as much, you know, have as much knowledge or, or, or almost as much knowledge as what they have on that subject uh, through reading for a week or two. And then, um, or if somebody's, you know, if they've lived a life and you want to read their autobiography, uh, you can then experience their life. Um, you can learn obviously about history. When you learn about history, you also learn um, what not to do and perhaps what to do, um, not what to, um, what to not repeat. Um, 
so I like that. That's why I read those books. And, and, and in terms of why I read um, Osho and Sadhguru and Eckhart Tolle and those kind of spiritual teachers is because I think a lot of you, well, all of human suffering comes from the mind, doesn't it? Ultimately, it, it, it begins at the mind. If somebody's miserable and unhappy, it's because of their, their mindset. It's OK, you're going to have factors that will play into that. You'll have um, your environment if you've got a shitty environment. But, you know, these people that are, you know, that grow up in a shitty environment, but they're, they're positive, they're optimistic. Um, and that's their mindset. And, and, and so I read these books personally so that I can be a more positive, optimistic and present person. I can listen to people and prove who I am and grow uh, from a sort of mind, body and spirit. Like when I say body, I mean like, I wanna be healthy, I wanna be strong, I wanna be nimble, I wanna move well, I wanna be better at you know the sports that I do. Um, and so, yeah, and so that's why I read those books. I enjoy it. And plus also it's a, it's a good way to spend my time, I feel. It's more productive than watching how many of them do you think are really saying the same thing but just repackaging the information because you've said about kind of your mentality that kind of things a lot of these self-help style books tend to be very samey so what is with that is that literally a case of you think that they've maybe picked on some core principles you know, natural laws, I don't know, and that each guru or each author is just trying to explain it in a different way. What, what, why are they also kind of saying, because if you pick up one and another and you didn't really see the cover, I think a lot of the times they all just see the same. And what I see a lot of people that are in the self-help section that get almost addicted, they mm -hmm. buy one self-help book, don't really do what's in it. Then they'll buy another one. Don't really do what's in it. I mean, you're a PT. You can talk about weight loss and things like that, where you get one person buying a, a weight loss book, don't really fix the problem. So they buy another and another and another, and then they buy a shake weight from Tesco or some other strange contraption. <laughs> yeah, I've been guilty of that as well. I've been guilty. Not of the shake weights. So I stay clear. No, I can imagine. It's, it's one of those ab things. And I, I can imagine... One of those, they're, they're really popular. The things that vibrate when you put the back batteries in. Love eggs. <laughs> no, not love eggs. <laughs> the things you wrap around your stomach and they're supposed to vibrate and give you out. Oh, yeah. And then what you, yeah. So you just walk in on someone eating, a, they got a cheese board on their belly and they're drinking wine when they've wrapped themselves up in this thing that's supposed to shock you and give you abs. Yeah. When ultimately it's just move more and eat less. If you're... If you're overweight you just move more and you eat less and that's it and uh of course you've got thyroid problems and you know that that play comes into play but you know the majority of the time it is just a case of moving more um they yeah can i agree market those can't they they can market products they market those sorts of products that come out that you see the adverts on for price drop tv or argos or something and there's some sort of minor scientific claim which is kind of like yeah this does a little bit towards helping you lose weight and then they'll bro blow it fully out of proportion when actually i suppose is really just for people that are lazy that don't want to do the proper work so they think i can just buy this thing put batteries on it and stick it on me whilst i'm watching television my personal opinion is that's what a lot of these gurus are like find enlightenment by reading my book i mean what what would you say about that, <laughs> I think that it's, a good, to say? <laughs> it's a good comparison yeah um however 
Um, the thing I would argue with that is if you, let's say, like, so if you've got thousands of these books that are out and you've got yeah. a child that's or a young, young person that's suffering and they're suicidal and they pick up a book by some random uh, teacher, quotation marks, and they read what they say and it resonates with them and they can change their life and improve their life, then then great, more power to them and more power to the people that write the books. Like we had this discussion actually last time where you said, when I asked about you writing a book and you said, it's all, you know, anything on witchcraft, it's all been written, it's all in books, there's no point. And we had a discussion, didn't we briefly about, you know, I say, but what if you write a book and then people pick it up who wouldn't have picked up all these other witchcraft books, then you've provided value and you've definitely provided something for someone. To a certain extent, I think what I probably would have said is that you can only teach the, I wouldn't even say foundational witchcraft, pre-foundational witchcraft, like pre-med, you know, you can't really teach it from a book, it's not possible, so I don't see the point in doing that. Now, what I can do is I can take someone and help them walk down that path so that they can actually get to an intermediate to advanced level but I can't do that in the form of a book it has to be a one-on-one -on -one type thing um that's what and, and with the information the problem is is if you did say you did write a really good book on something like witchcraft it's gonna be there in a sea of other shit. So in terms of, yes, there might be one or two people that might pick it up and read it and they might think, well, actually, this is quite concise. It might be similar to what's already out there, but it's concise. But if you think about the amount of time that it takes to do that, how many people I could train face to face and get them to an actual level? That, that's what I struggle with when it comes to the books. That's why I've never written a book about witchcraft so far. Um, just because I don't see it as a, an efficient use of my time. But a lot of in terms of the self-help, I think you've picked up on something quite important. And that's people that are unhappy with their lives or that want something. They're the people that kind of go in the self-help. It's self-help. They want help for something. Mostly witchcraft isn't really so much about self-help for the witch, it's normally a case of you're using your knowledge to help someone else cheat the system, <laughs> to make it easier for them. Um, whereas most witches, I think they want to go more down the enlightenment kind of step, which is not something that you can get in a book. You can't get enlightenment in a book from reading mm. a book. It's something that you have to go down a path yourself and everyone is different and unique. And that's what I don't like about the guru books is that they kind of market themselves as that. It certainly it makes me uncomfortable sometimes. <laughs> it, it, it certainly plants the seed, though, doesn't it? The seed of what? The seed. I mean, I mean, the seed, the seed for enlightenment. If you're, um, let's say, because I'll be honest with you, mate, before I read Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now, this was a few years back, but before I read that, I wasn't aware of the fact that my mind was talking. I wasn't aware of the fact that, oh, hang on a minute, I don't have to listen to this thing in my mind. I can actually experience immense peace and like, like, I mean, I mean indescribable, like um, peace where it's just like, 
there's nothing going on and colors become brighter and you know as if I'm kind of on mushrooms a bit things become brighter and I become in a meditative state and my senses heighten and it's like and it's a beautiful place to be and like I, I can tap into it now quite frequently throughout the day and I can I can especially do it if especially if I'm something gets me a little bit emotional and all of a sudden I'm feeling the emotion I'm like okay I know what I got to do here I just got to tap into my senses what can I feel what can I hear what can I see what can I smell and and that's one way that I go into that meditative state and before reading that book, I was completely unaware, completely oblivious to the fact that so there was that, this, this this narrative or this narrator in my mind. So that's a technique that you've learned from the book to get you into the meditative state. Um, but why did you buy the book? Where, did you buy it or was it a present or something like that? Can you remember why you actually bought the book in the first place? Did you buy it trying to find something that would teach you that or did you... Okay, so so why did you get that book in the first place? What was the sort of thought process? What drew you to uh, it? No, the book found me actually. Um, See, uh, no, that just sounds new agey. <laughs> it's only the way you said it, though. I wouldn't have ever said that. It was the way you said. You, it was the way you said what made you buy it. It kind of it set me up for that. But um, <laughs> what it was you was set people was, up. Oh, they won't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> when, when when I was delivering explosives for a private company in one of my previous jobs, um, not previous lives, previous jobs, um, I read a great deal when I was when I was doing that because, as you can imagine, there's two people to each uh, vehicle, um, to each lorry, and then um, you wouldn't always be driving, so I, I, I'd read when I wasn't driving. And um, one of the the accountant for the job, she um, recommended it to me. She said, "Oh, I've got a good book for you." and gave me the book gave me I lent me the power now and um so that's yeah that's how I ended up reading it I kind of like just fell into it just kind of got given it as a read so so what was this previous job then you were some sort of explosive expert <laughs> terrorist so, what? <laughs> so what I did is um after I left the army I did um I did a couple of things when I left the army and then um I did, this was a, I guess this was a bit of manifestation myself. I had my lorry license and I thought, well, what job can I do where I get paid the most amount of money? And then I thought, well, it's got to be delivering bomb. It's got to be explosives. So I went on a course um, that I had course, to. As you do. <laughs> yeah. It makes sense. <laughs> exactly. So I went on a course, uh, did the course to learn about it. I uh, got all the qualifications I needed and then started applying for, for, for jobs. And yeah. And, uh, I kind of like I did that whole whilst I was driving other lorries I was kind of visualizing like visualizing myself driving it and being like ah, I'd be sick to have bombs like nukes and stuff um you know and yeah so that's sort of how I went about it you wouldn't want to, to road rage against someone like you then would you <laughs> I mean it's bad enough with a lorry on the motorway or something like that but one with maybe nuclear warheads in the back you definitely yeah. want, don't want to cut them up do you <laughs> no. I got a nuke in my pocket uh yeah no it's not a good idea I've got a question for you mate yeah how do I make money how do I how do you make money I'll make it more specific yeah so um <laughs> so obviously... you're already making money you do have a career don't you so yeah yeah no making some money 
I am making some money. Yeah. No, uh, what I mean by that is, um, um, I guess the question that you're going to, you're going to be asked all the time is, um, oh, how can I do what, ma what magic can I do to manifest money? And then what I'll do is I'll make it more specific by saying, you know, me and you know, my, you know, you know, a little bit about me, you know, my personality, my sense of humor, whatnot, you know, kind of my environment, where I work, what I do. So what advice would you give me in order to make, manifest money? Um, as in what magic could I do? Um, okay. Happy with that? Yeah. So generally speaking, from what I understand from you is that you want to do it in a sort of mundane way. So you would want to use magic to augment the approach that you'd normally take in life. So you're talking a lot about business and stuff like that. I know you've set up your own business, you're self-employed, you're kind of building a brand. So it's really going to be a case of using that brand as a vehicle. Now we kind of talked a little bit about sigil magic and that kind of thing. The act of putting out a corporate logo and having the people that look upon it push energy into it. So that sort of approach is the thing that I would talk about. A lot of the time when you get people that don't have experience with magic come to me and ask those sorts of questions, what they want is things like lottery spells mm -hmm. or like that. So they want a quick manifestation of a sum of money, whereas you know and there's lots of spells and things like that you can buy in these crappy spell books that would tell you things like that i mean unless you understand the principles of how they work they're probably not going to work but <laughs> people still buy them and use them um, but with you i think it's a little bit more complex because i think it is more than just the money i think it's about a certain level of pride in building something i mean you're a personal trainer building things and people is kind of what you do for a living so I think that translates to the way that you would work magically speaking and in terms of the natural progression of what you know what I've seen I would say my advice would be to look into the energy manipulation so the capturing um, and transforming or transposing of energy that's already out there so that comes with the sigil magic and stuff like that and then I would also say, look into the psychic work, because with psychic work is about, particularly if you're talking about seeing the future, prophecy, that kind of thing, you should be, as a business person, making business decisions that are going to work out long term. Mm -hmm. So how that might look is a case of, OK, you've kind of got a rough business idea, but where will that evolve? What will that evolve into? Well, rather than trying to come up with a business plan, if you're able to look into the future and see what it has actually become, just take your own idea. It's kind of like stealing from yourself. So a lot of those things, they work on different principles. But I'd say that yours is going to be a long-term building. I normally put spell work into kind of two categories mainly. It's the one use, single use, which is the person that wants to kind of do the lottery spell or the find a briefcase of money on the side of the road type spell. You do that thing, you walk away and then it happens. Or the continued uh, building that just expands and gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, those kind of things. I think you'd be better off with the, the second one, with the building, just because I think it would suit your mentality. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, apart from that, obviously, you're one that loves to learn and experience things. So, you know, whether you're deciding what you're actually wanting long term is something that I think people really need to think about when they embark I agree. Back on something. Yeah, I think and, 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 and you can catch people out because you can say, you know, because if somebody asked me this, they would catch me the f out if they turned around and said, what do you want? OK, like, so what do you want? Well, this is it. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out. And I think, I think it changes. I think like, you know, as you know, to make it, to make it all woo woo again, it's like energy, isn't it? It all vibrates and everything changes from, from milliseconds to milliseconds. It's always changing. It's constantly changing. So I think people's desires and what they want and, and their, their interests um, always are just changing, chopping and changing. And for me at the moment, um, what would I want? What would I desire? If you um, could have a wish and it just come true, immediately what would that be because that's normally if you ask that question normally it gets people thinking in lines in terms of what's the most important thing to me currently like what's yep. the biggest problem that mm -hmm. kind of thing so what would that be what would your answer to that be this is why it changes because i think at the moment it would be money and here's why because before it was my peace my inner peace it was oh, i want to work on you know i want to work on my inner peace and um however like now i feel a bit like well that's a journey that's like kind of that's a life you're going to work on that every single day and if you were to just have it and you just have that peace obviously you're not going to be miserable because you're going to be in peace but i don't know i feel like that's something that i'd quite enjoy but money, so if you money, take that because you said money didn't you so if you take yeah. that and know that it's money then the next question that you'd probably ask is why do I want the money? So you know, okay, I want money right now, but there should be probably a reason for you to want that. So if you yeah. had the money, what would you want to spend it on? Um, so for me, what it would be, what I'd spend the money on is, first of all, it's freedom and it's, op it's options and freedom. So I like the idea of having a little bit more freedom and having a little bit more options. Um, and also I want to be in a place where... Um, so I, I I think that discomfort and suffering is 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 important for people. It grow you grow from it, you learn from it. It is important. However, I want to be in a cozy little place, and I want to be in charge of my suffering. So, let, let, for example, um, I quite like my bathroom to have a nice glass plane where or uh, pane rather where um, I can look out and I can have my bath in the middle and I can look out into the forest or nature or whatever it is and have my shower and wake up in the morning and do a workout and then have a cold shower and like and, and I'll find the suffering through a cold bath or a cold shower and like but it's but I'm in charge so I want a little bit of luxury and then I'll do my own suffering like I'll I'll choose when I do the suffering rather than kind of like rather than like oh live out on the streets and get rained on and be wet and cold and miserable like no no i want to i want to have luxury and i want to have freedom and options and then implement my own little things that i do that create a little bit of suffering and a little bit of growth um so is yeah. freedom then basically freedom to choose and not be obliged to do something or be forced to do something it's a case of waking up and being able to actually decide what do I want to do to get today as opposed to, well, I kind of have to go to work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. security as well. So that's what the money kind of brings. And, and to give back, certainly to give back as well, because um, 
it is a good feeling isn't it when you can when you can help people out it is is awesome and and it does drive me as well and that's not something i'm just sort of saying for the sake of it because i know a lot of people say it is it is a driving factor like if you ever want to be motivated like here's something you can do you can think about like just think about for example like pt like if i want my business to run like one of the things i used to think as well um is if I can get to a place with my business where I can literally just say to people like who kind of, but this is where it's a little bit flawed, this idea now, and I've discovered it because I've tried it and it doesn't work. I wanted to be able to give people free PT. I wanted to get to a position where I'm like, right, okay, you're, I'm going to give away my, like what I've learned, my knowledge. I'm going to give it away for free and I'm going to have people. But what happens when you do that, unfortunately, because that drove me and that, 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 that drove me to be more successful. Is like, I want to be in a position where I can just straight away help people for free. It doesn't work though. I tried it and guess what happened from it? Because it wasn't paying for it. Then they didn't value it as much. Then it yeah. was just then they just wasn't kind of like showing up and, and it's just like okay this doesn't really work you actually people kind of have to you know you can't just give away you can't you, you probably can help people in certain ways but you definitely can't help people by giving them something for free because they, they don't value it it loses its value yeah i mean when it comes to our mentoring and and basically as well with the witchcraft shop and stuff like that that we do in the events our pricing structures work by the more work you do, it's cheaper to the point where we might even pay you to do what you want to do. So the more you're expecting me to do for you, the more expensive it's going to be for you. Whereas the more you're willing to do yourself, it's either going to be free or you might even make money on it yourself. And it's one of those strange things that people don't really get. But is one of those things that actually seems to work out both ways and the mutually beneficial arrangement is what I think that you really want to go for. Um, but yeah, I mean, I completely understand. I see a lot of people that uh, if they don't have to work for something, then they don't necessarily appreciate it. And you can get things like if someone even pays money for something, if they pay money for a book, that costs £10 and that book is a shit book, they're still going to care more about that shit book than a book that was given to them for free on the street a lot of the time. And it is, I think, is the way that money works in people's mindsets as well. Because obviously nowadays we're pre-programmed to think of money as value. So if something's valuable, it's worth a lot of money. Whereas it hasn't necessarily always been that way but so here, here's a question then because obviously we've talked a little bit about some some stuff we haven't really gone deep yet have we mm -hmm. <laughs> we've talked about uh gurus and stuff like that and i think you talk touched on kind of peace of peace of mind that kind of thing now a word that gets thrown around a lot is this word called enlightenment so what what do you think that that means? What does the word mean to you? What's the connotations? If you were to say that word or if you were to hear that word, what do you think it means? What's the stereotypes? Is it a word that you'd even use? Maybe a while back, but not anymore. Okay. No, no the, the more, the more, I think, uh, I think enlightenment is, um, I think it's, uh, I think it's a trick. I think enlightenment is people being hoodwinked um 
and it's egoic. It's because, you know, these people can experience levels. I think there's, there's an infinite amount of levels that we're never going to just never going to understand on this plane of reality, at least anyway, this dimension. I think anyone on this dimension, when they've had their enlightenment, enlightened experiences and the Osho's and sad gurus, it's still an idea and it's still their idea at the end of the day. It's still subjective. It's like, no matter how deep you go, no matter how long you spend in a cave, there's wisdom. If you spend 10 years in a dark cave, there's, you're going to have wisdom and, you know, you're going to go in, you're going to know a little bit about more, probably a lot more about yourself than people that are distracted by self, like by mobile phones and, podcasts etc but like yeah i think that um i think we don't know i i don't think we we necessarily know so i think enlightenment is yeah it's just an idea i think it's just an idea and it's people talk uh gurus talk as if they've got the answer and i don't think anyone's got the answer i don't think anyone so, does have the answer. so do you have people because i don't know much about your clients and stuff like that and how much that you'd actually bring the um the other interests that you have into their personal kind of fitness and goals and stuff like that sort of thing do you have conversations are there people that talk about enlightenment are there people that you know because you you'll hear about it in a lot of the self-help books and stuff like that and we get an awful lot with people saying i just want to i just want enlightenment that's their kind of goal without really thinking much about what that means it's kind of almost like oh this is the word that everyone seems to think we should be aiming for and I wonder if it's an overused word or whether people even understand or whether it's something that's easy enough to define does it vary too much from person to person so I'm just wondering if you've got any people that talk about enlightenment or that you've come across that they're on the journey for it or what their opinions are because you said obviously that you've kind of thrown the idea out now um was there a time that you did kind of think that it was something to aim for or i'm don't get me wrong i'm always trying to move towards self-realization or self-actualization i'm always trying to move towards that and i think um when you say like what's the one wish you could have i don't wish like for enlightenment or self-actualization because then I'd feel like well surely this is it this is why I'm here I'm, I'm I've got something to work towards that's why I chose the money because the money would just then it would give me freedom and options and and um and whatnot etc but um what do I so what was the question do I have clients that work it's that basically work on- yeah it's basically two questions um that I rolled into one really being nasty like that the first one is in terms of conversations that you have with other people, because you must have conversations with a lot of different people from different walks of life, given your job. And and also with the um, granola munching yoga teachers that you might have met in your also in your career, maybe over the time. And there's a lot of this kind of enlightenment that seems to be coming and sweeping through the wellness kind of industry meets you know, the fitness industry and that kind of thing. And I'm just wondering whether this is something that you're exposed to or whether this is something that comes up quite a lot. Um, the word enlightenment itself doesn't come up a lot. However, the people that are around me and the people I deal with, and this is why I think also why I enjoy the job so much is because everybody's 
everybody that I deal with is in a, they are working towards something positive. They are here. They're going to change for the positive. And and so, you know, yeah, I have these discussions. What I tend to do kind of like with clients of mine, because I'm genuinely interested in, 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 in life and curious about things. And like I say, with the book reading, you can also do the same with, with people. If people know, um, if they have a lot of insight in certain subjects, then I kind of, I find it interesting um, to talk to them about those subjects because it broadens my knowledge. It kind of gives me a little bit more insight on things and it is cool. It is cool. It's cool to learn about. So yeah, I talk to my clients about um, things that I know they're knowledgeable on and things they enjoy talking about and their interests. And then, and then I guess, yeah, the word enlightenment doesn't necessarily come up a lot, but there are certainly people, clients I have that are working towards becoming better so um what here's here's something you said to me actually that i enjoyed there's a couple of things that you said to me we've talked about that i've really enjoyed and 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 like i said earlier about you can have a conversation with someone it can change your perception and that's certainly happened between you and i because one of the first times we had a conversation about money and i like talking about money i think like some a lot of people hate it and a lot of people are like oh evil and whatnot and it's like no it just depends the person just a tool at the end of the day Pardon? A tool. I said money's kind of just a tool at the end of the day. Yeah. It is, yeah. And and this is what you said that I really enjoyed is you went, uh, I said about, um, you know, yeah, I'd like to make a lot of money. And you said, um, do you want to be famous? And I was like, no. And I was like, nah, probably not. You said, no, I said about how do you want to make that money? It would probably be how much money is a lot of money to you? And then how would you want that to to happen how would you want to get it well, this is, i remember asking you about whether you yeah. wanted to be famous and that because you like comedy and that don't you so yeah i do yeah and no this is what i was going to give you credit for is you asked me questions i haven't asked myself and i think that's important um because you said to me okay you want to make money blah, blah, blah. and like yeah you said that and you you said like do you want to be famous do you want to you, you know how do you want to make because and i hadn't asked myself that i was like oh yeah yeah if you do make a lot of money you probably make a lot of money because you're, you're generating a lot of attention towards yourself then you'll start getting noticed in the streets do i want that and i was like mm, i don't know it depends i think i'm quite like i can i can be both introverted out uh in i can be um introverted and um as if i've just forgotten the word dude Introvert and extrovert. extrovert. I personally would rather be infamous than famous. I'd rather be famous by reputation than actually people know my face. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. And um, and I think that's probably a, a, a thing that holds a lot of people back, doesn't it, when it comes to making money, is they're not asking the right questions and they might have limited beliefs as well. Like, what kind of beliefs do you have? Do you still see yourself as... And it's all unconscious a lot of the time, but do you still see yourself as the eight-year-old boy or the 12-year-old girl or, um, you know, like have you kind of taken a step back and been like, oh, hang on a minute, let's dive into my, my, let's dive in a little bit to like what I've overcome and the things, the circumstances. One of the things I do do with my clients is, and this is to motivate them is, in during the conversation, I don't know if I did this with you, this might have been, this might have came at a later stage, but I, I ask them what at the end, this is like the, the end question. The reason I do it is because then they can get a little bit of energy and motivation towards it. And I say like, what 
are the things that you've overcome name like five or six times or however many times you can where you've got in your head i want to do this and you've gone out and done it or where you've perhaps thought that you're not going to be able to do it and you kind of like you're doubting yourself a little bit and then you overcome it and then i want to find out the the, the, the times that they've overcome situations because what happens when you do that is you do then start to have a belief in yourself and you do have a lot of you do generate some confidence and some certainly some like some inspiration and some energy towards getting shit done that's interesting i don't think you've ever asked me that now because i'd be stumped actually i'd have to actually really put some effort into thinking about that um but no you've never asked that but that's a really interesting question actually i'm gonna start asking everyone that now <laughs> maybe we could do that maybe i could um you know maybe i could uh do a consultation with you because i have updated the questions and i do update my stuff i keep updating it because okay. it's like i do you know i do discover more questions that are, that are good for things like that <laughs> right so what about ethics then because that's something that we uh i say i say random shit and then you give me a dodgy look <laughs> and then go oh <laughs> and then i feel like hmm, maybe i'm oversharing again <laughs> yeah should we be should we be a bit, bit more specific when you say random when you say random you mean the billet like life random a day's work you know for me i don't know we we get into conversations and not normally it's mundane things isn't it like what did you do today or what are you up to later that kind of thing and that can be quite a dangerous question to ask certain people if they're going to give honest answers well you'll um, nonchalantly I... say that oh i'm going to poison someone to death and i'll be like all right okay well um you think that's a good, all right mate well uh, uh you think that's a good idea and you're like well i'm not doing it <laughs> someone else no, I, I helped someone um assisted someone kill their neighbor okay magically speaking because legally we're allowed to do it magically but we're not allowed to actually go and like kill them um but if you use magic there's a tip kids if you want to kill someone off and stuff then i'd use magic to do it because if you do that it's perfectly legal uh, since the repeal of the witchcraft act in the 1950s so that's the approach we tend to take and no that's a client asking me to help with that which i was you know i don't think that person deserved to die but ethically speaking our company policy is that we don't censor information so if someone says how does this work or how do you do that i can't turn around and say i'm not going to tell you ethically you know, because that's the ethics that we subscribe to as a company. I have to say, well, this is how it would work. I personally wouldn't do it, but there we go. But now ethics is something that I get pulled up on a lot because it's a personal perspective and a personal point of view. And I don't think I tend to just borrow ethics and morality from someone else. What I tend to find is a lot of people just go with what they think the consensus is. I really love ethical questions and dilemmas and stuff like that because it really gets you to kind of think. And because of the nature of my job, that kind of thing does come up quite a lot. So I'm always having to ask myself, how do I feel about that? Am I going to do that? That kind of thing. So I do get to ask that question to myself a lot ethics and stuff but um and help clients explore their ethics as well but it's just one of those things that obviously a lot of the time if we talk 
unless you then have a clarification or an in-depth conversation about the perspective and what's going on. Some of the statements I suppose I might come out with do seem to be a bit, hmm. <laughs> particularly if someone's overhearing. It's maybe not so much you, it's more if I'm saying something a bit too loudly and someone else, I've turned a lot of heads with some of the shit I've said um, <laughs> to people, but there we go. But no, it sounded like <laughs> you sounded like what's his name, Duck Dastardly or whatever. Then when you laughed, it sounded like I forget what uh, you know the um, wacky races. Uh, yeah, that reminded me of yeah, Big Dastardly that's and Mutley. <laughs> yeah, that's what it, that's what it reminded me of. And that laugh. Um, yeah, I mean my my philosophy is let people do what uh, do do whatever they want within reason. Obviously, I'm against murdering and raping people, of course, but. Ultimately, I think let people do what the fuck they want. That's my philosophy, and I think it's a good one to have um, because then we'll get along better because you don't have people whinging at you. And life's difficult enough as it is. You don't need people whinging at you, do you? So you wait a minute. So the reason you don't murder people is because you might get whinged at. Is that what you're saying? God, that's my editing. Yeah. Yeah. The last kids' party I went to, I wasn't popular when I did all the, those murders. I had people whinging the whole time. You know. So is it really, if you talk about things like murder, is it that you're more uncomfortable with the consequence of that or whether it's, is it an emotional reaction? So if you think about murder, would you think, oh, I shouldn't do that because I'll get locked up? Or is it, I shouldn't do that because we all know that's a bad thing? Or, oh, I shouldn't do that because that's so on right and I feel some sort of emotional reaction to that or maybe a mixture what about that kind of subject if you're just taking that ethics of you shouldn't murder people for me um yeah. what it is for me is um you have a choice don't you it's like when you wake up in the morning um it kind of is a choice but you, you might not think it always is but and I guess it isn't always a choice, actually. I'm going to backtrack that. But, you know, sometimes you'll wake up and, you know, something can happen or during the day and you've got a choice, like, whether you respond to it. If someone cuts you up, you've got a choice whether you can, like, whether you want to be angry. I know it's like, and it's like, I know this, it's real complex and stuff, but you can just, you, if someone can cut you up and you can just be like, Meh. or you can get really upset and let it ruin your day and tell everyone about it and be a victim. And so for me what it is is uh when it comes to like yeah if you're gonna do a murder i'm like well if you kill that person then there's gonna be a domino effect you're gonna kill that person you're gonna ruin that person's life that person's life that person's life um and you have a choice and it's like well if you have a choice to like let's say you've got a client that comes to you and they're like um you know they're like oh i hate this person and you can tell that the your client is just a bit fucked and i and they're very <laughs> Technical, technical diagnosis of just being um well yeah if they're just like a scumbag if you've got some fucking person that's grown up in the wrong environment and they're just a piece of shit and they just want to murder someone then it's like well yeah don't do that because it's a choice like you you don't have to like if you've got a choice between like really if you've got a choice to if you see someone and you compliment how they look and then all of a sudden they ah here's a thing so this is what i've started doing when i'm driving now um and people like let me out or what have you i'm i blow them a kiss now so like <laughs> if it's man i'll typically be like Mwah, or like Mwah. 
you know and if it's a girl actually no everyone gets it different it's like and i blow them a kiss and the reason i do it is because i was queuing up and i let this this old lady was waiting for ages and by the time i got to me i was like well obviously i'm gonna let we're in traffic so i'm gonna let her go like onto the traffic main road so i let her flash her and she was like oh like really old yeah, I was like, oh, he got my nipple out, and she, you know, and she blew me a kiss, and uh, and, it, and she was like, mmm, I'm really grateful, and it just and it's and she was like 90, and it set me off, dude, and I started laughing, and I was like, if that lady can impact my day in a positive way from doing that, then that's what I'm gonna be trying to do for other people. So if I can then do that to other people, then of course I'm gonna do that. So then if I got the options between like give someone a compliment and they like a genuine compliment and they feel good and they're like, yeah, I'm having a good day now and like that and it's improved their day, then of course I'm gonna do that over saying that someone looks shit and then ruining their day or what have you because I've said something they don't want to hear or I've murdered them. Like so yeah for me it's just um it's just uh it's a, it's a choice between good and evil, isn't it? So, and I think. What is good and evil? I mean, from all of you, all of what you've just said, there's some interesting things to unpack there. Um, but all they're going to remember is Lee flashed a 90 year old woman and she blew a kiss at him. <laughs> That's all people are going to remember from that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what I do in my spare time, though. Flashing old ladies. Here's another thing that you said that I enjoyed. Um, when I asked you about the spells on the uh, one of the conversations we had, you talked about the three different spells there are. Could you help me rehash it in my mind? Because I le I believe it's one was the law, so it's like the law the laws of nature. Um, I guess like the cycles of summer and winter and whatnot. And you're going to correct me, I know, but like kind of the laws that we can't change: the sun rises, the sun sets because of the rotation etc um then there's the manifestation i guess from like the physio physiology there's is a psychological physiological physiology yeah. physiology and then laws of nature is that correct so a lot of the times what a lot of books and stuff like that miss out is they don't tell you because spells are, are are complicated they come in so many different forms and there's mechanisms of course that would make them work. And a lot of the time you get people that get come away with these silly little ideas of all spells work under one principle or this or that. So a lot of the time, I think like when you ask me, well, how do spells actually work? I normally break it down into they work in one or more of three ways. They work on a either and number one, a psychological, way mm -hmm. obviously the programming your mind your unconscious mind what you were kind of talking about at the beginning of the podcast that's one approach that a spell might work mm -hmm. the second is a physiological approach which is actually the ingredients that you're using so if you made a potion or something like that as some sort uh to take during some sort of healing ritual well the herbs and things like that in that potion might be medicinal and they might work in a scientific way to help treat the, the body physically as a drug you know so medicine shout, shout out to your book that's coming out within the next year oh yeah okay so yeah. herbal i'm writing a herbal yeah moment. on the subject of herbal <laughs> herbal magic yeah herbal medicine and magic um and then the third one is this kind of thing that people just put in quotation marks as energy so they don't really explain that and that's mm -hmm. the one that people struggle with 
So a lot of the time, because people obviously come from polarized backgrounds, so even within witchcraft and magic and occultism and religion, people have their paradigm that they're in, how they view the, the universe and creation, how they think it works. So you speak to a Christian and they might say, well, it all comes from Jesus, it's all God, that's all, the, all of that kind of thing. You speak to an atheist, they'll say, well, no, this works this way, it's all scientific. You speak to some pagan and they'll be like, well, there's many different gods and they're all comprised of different energy sets and blah, 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 blah. All of these people wouldn't necessarily agree with how spells work. And coming from different places and from different paradigms, they can often all make them work, but they don't necessarily all work in the same way. So what I tried to do when teaching and explaining, in fact, I wrote this in a tiny little booklet, uh, pamphlet thing, A4 piece of paper that's folded up into like one of these little uh, booklets that I'm putting on all these spell kits for the gift shop. And that explains, and that just breaks it down into three core principles. Psychologically, a spell can affect you psychologically. The belief in it, placebo effect, a psychologist would probably say. Physiologically, if there's obviously components in there that actually do scientifically be shown to affect the body in medicinal ways, normally it's with medicine, healing, is that, rituals, also, that kind is, of thing. is that all, sorry to cut you off, dude, is that also yeah. feelings as well? So it's like the psychology of... Uh, have, yeah. have have an affirming belief and then the feeling is the, the physiology yeah um, yeah cool yeah so and then the third one is the one that most people struggle to get their heads around which is the energetic way so within energetic you're talking about things outside of what's understood by science um so you're basically talking about okay so if i used a petition spell so if i wrote a letter to a god or did a um a Roman curse tablet or something and ask something or prayed, then that's petition based. You're asking something else, a higher power to do it for you. Well, that's in the energy category, but there are people that will do that where you'll see spells like in hoodoo, where they'll bless the ingredients and then they'll petition a spirit like Jesus or whoever to make the spell work. But then at the same time, there are people that utilize natural energies. So when you've got planetary things, astrology, that kind of stuff, planetary hours, uh, moon phases, they're drawing in the energy from somewhere else. And then there's other ones again, which you'd supply the energy yourself to make the spell work. Um, so that energy kind of third energy umbrella, there's a lot of different things in that, a lot of different avenues of thought. I just try to break those down because when you take spells apart I try to get people to kind of reverse engineer them and say well okay if you're going to do a spell that you see someone else do or in a you know in a spell book or something there's no real point in doing that spell unless you understand how it works because that's where you're learning witchcraft and magic isn't about copying it's about understanding the principles of how the universe works and using those principles to make an effect. Some people would say manifestation, being always manifesting something necessarily. So it's basically causing a change and creating some sort of an effect. Um, but yeah, I mean, I try to break things down super simply because that's how my mind works. And that's another thing with books. I mean, for me to write that down, 
but some people are going to get it some people aren't going to get it but having a conversation with someone you can continuously re-explain it until that person actually thinks oh okay I get it now because you explained it a different way that's one of the things I've always hated about books um particularly when you're trying to explain and talk about huge concepts you know um because if I speak to someone I might be able to have a five minute conversation with someone and they understand my thought process. Whereas if I wrote that down and tried to put in a book form to explain that to everyone or a large proportion of people, that would be a massive book. So I'm thinking I spent a year making that book, which goes out to a dozen people, which really only takes five minutes to explain. Um, that and I hate writing. <laughs> Sorry to bring it back to the book thing, but... <laughs> but yeah that spell, spells how spells work I'm a big proponent of don't get wrapped up in how things look and the aesthetic and that go by the principles understand it the engineering of how it works because if you don't know that you don't really know shit I think yeah I mean I I I, I um naturally I just related it to my work so mm. my craft you know as you know if I give someone an exercise and I'm like, we're going to do this movement, I'll demonstrate how to do the movement. You'll watch, you'll see it. Um, okay, I can see what he's doing there. I can see how he's uh, how to do it. Then I'll talk through the key points, like the, the the things that you have to do, and then I'll also show you on my um my um like my anatomy app. The, yeah. Um, I, I'll show you the muscle that specifically, okay, here we go. And it's a really good app that you can like isolate it. I'll shout out to it. Essential Anatomy 6. And you can, it takes up a lot of memory, but if you want to- Is it a free up, app or do you have to pay for it? No, it, I have to pay for it. I think it's quite, it's about 65 pound, but obviously- in oh, my wow. market, Yeah, okay. one-off payment, but it's worth it because you've got all the nerves, you've got, uh, yeah. you've got everything. And, and, and I just always keep it to the muscles, obviously, and I can isolate each muscle and I can show you this is specific to the muscle working, you, you know, and, and, and then that way, what that does is the picture then starts to paint. Oh, okay. I can see where it is there. And then I, I, I can see it on, for example, if we're doing a, if we're working your traps, the traps are a big muscle, a big muscle on the back. You've got top, middle, lower. If we're going to work the lower, I'm going to show you exactly where it is why it's working and then and then it all starts to paint a picture and then so then what i'm doing is i'm not just being like oh you're going to do this exercise and it's going to work this muscle um and you have no idea like where it is or you know so that's why i do it is to is to to give people a little bit more um yeah so they understand it better and they can also like operate by themselves then they can go away and do it without me and um yeah so that was the, the, the similarity i seen there that was the kind of um, connection I made when you say about rather than just giving people stuff magic you're also you want them to understand it you want to simplify yeah I, I think there are quite a lot of parallels um, particularly when it comes to things like if you're talking about learning whether it's um, even something like stretching or weight training or anything like that physical you can explain it and you can show people, but it's actually only by doing uh, doing the actual motion that you really get it. Mm -hmm. um, and magic's a lot like that. You can talk about the principles and try and understand the principles, but actually you really have to feel it and do it and live it in order to really understand it. Um, that's why these sorts of things are always taught via apprenticeship. That's why there is no curriculum on magic because it's all different. 
um, based on the, the individual person, individual practitioner. And that's, again, another reason why I don't like books, because you get people that write things like this and they try to put a curriculum and a test at the end. So memorize this information and then regurgitate. And when it comes to practical things and art specifically, because I've always seen magic as an art form, a lot like you could talk about um, some fitness things, you know, Olympians, you know, yes, there's a science behind what they're doing and understanding the body and stuff like that, but there's also an art there, an art form. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just one of those things that there are quite a lot of parallels that you kind of draw. With your uh, client base, so let's say um, through the experience that you've had with dealing with different clients, different humans, different nature, um, what would you say was the one thing that held the the individuals back? So what was the what's the one thing that holds them back from creating magic, doing magic, and it and it working like it being successful? What's the one thing that holds them back? If if there is one thing that you've noticed, um. I would say it's probably two. There's two things that really come up all the time that hold people back. The first one is their personal mentality, whether that's fear or not believing that they can do something. The mm -hmm. second is not being able to access information to help them on their way. So accessing information in terms of are they on some kind of medication? We see that that pr actually prohibits um, certain development when it comes to psychic work and stuff like that, like beta blockers, for example, block psychic ability. Or is it a case of, well, I don't know where to start. I've pushed myself to the limit of what I can understand and I really need a little bit of help because that's what a big part of our work is. Okay, the person pushed themselves. They don't necessarily have the input to be able to come up with another approach or another direction to take to overcome a problem. They don't have the tools necessary. So ultimately it's personal, their personal feelings and their belief, I suppose, of whether they can do it and fear. And also like their resources that they have, I suppose, those two, I'd say. What about you? Do you would you say that it's, you know, when it comes to people's ideas, that's the thing in it, is what they're wanting to achieve. Because I can understand from your perspective that you say things like um, building mental fortitude and the body giving up before, uh, sorry, the mind giving up before the body gives up. But at the same time, if someone walked in and they said that they, you know, and a, a 75 year old man walked into your gym and said, well, I want to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Are you going to say, well, yeah, you just need to really apply yourself, mate? Or are you going to say, sorry, that's probably impossible for you? Mm. <laughs> it's difficult, isn't it? It is, yeah. And and what's funny is I think um, I've got similar answers to you. If, 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 if there was somebody that came to me and they had, um, you know, what's the thing that holds them back when it comes to for um, it's probably the same it's probably a belief like i think a big now of course it, i'm going to say this because i feel like i'm i'm obliged to say it. i've cut discipline discipline's huge you need the discipline you need consistency consistency and discipline is key um however a lot of time it's like 
belief system you need to like you need to overcome you've got these limited beliefs that, that are holding you back and you're sabotaging yourself and you're not aware of it so that's a big part of it um and it is yeah and it's just getting through to some people um obviously i can't help i just i the thing is though what i've learned now and i know now is you can't help people you can you can give them the tools you can give them the tactics and whatnot and you can give them insight and but you it needs to come from them it needs to come from within like my most successful clients it's them. Like, of course I'm helping them. Um, I'm giving them like the plan, the layout. I'm giving them, all right, here's what you need to do. Here's the steps that you need to take and you will be successful with these steps. This is exactly what we do. Follow this and you will be successful. But then it's on them. It's entirely on them. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, any success that I have through clients is, is, is them. It's not. Yeah. We, we always say we help people help themselves. Mm -hmm. so you know it's a case of where we can't really do it all for you like you wouldn't expect a client to turn up and then you lift all the weights for them and go on the cardio machines and stuff like that because they've got to do it haven't they mm -hmm. <laughs> of course yeah yeah i'm sure some of my clients would love that as well if i could just crack it out yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay so 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 do you do you want to move on from there or have you got do you want to expand that because i think i answered the question and i think that we agreed on that which is why it didn't go too far because when you agree with something there's not a lot that you can <laughs> add on yeah yeah um yeah we can move on from that what do you want to talk about dude what do you want to talk about uh what is the meaning of life i've asked you that before haven't i <laughs> yeah when did you ask me that was it just during a pt session normally is if oh, i'm at the gym and then i want to distract rep. you yeah so exactly I yeah. Ask, you know, so i'll yeah. just come out with something like that exactly like, yeah oh, say we're doing what's the meaning of life yeah <laughs> and, then you're like, well, and then you sort of don't keep as much of an eye on the time yeah exactly <laughs> we're doing heavy heavy squats or something for more reps and all of a sudden you I, think I, I really need a little bit more rest what can i ask him oh that's it i'll ask him that <laughs> i've got another client that does that and he'll talk to me he's very clever about it because if he wants extra rest he'll be like he'll, he'll ask me questions about jujitsu and things like that and yeah. that's it then, dude i'm on a spill then i'm like i'm when you've got someone that's passionate about a subject they'll normally talk a lot about it so you've just got to pick yeah. one or two points yeah um, if you know someone well enough then you've only really got to say one or two words as well and it sets it off my dad's one i if i said the two words richard dawkins he'd go off for about an hour and a half i wouldn't have to say anything <laughs> <laughs> but that's fundamentalist christians for you so anyway you're not going to escape the question what do you think the meaning of life is and do you think that there's uh, is worth contemplating questions like that uh yeah i do i do think it is i think i think like anything there's um there's a balance to it there's a you need to if you're one of these people that questions everything and you're constantly at questioning everything i've been down that road where i've questioned everything um and then you know, I ended up kind of fucking miserable and depressed. And I think, so the way to do it is like question things, but sim simplify things as well. Enjoy life, laugh, be careful, be nonchalant and whatnot. Um, what's the meaning of life? Uh, 
Well, my friend recently did DMT and he says that he asked that question and the answer he got is there is no meaning to life and not in a depressing way. But that was the answer he got from the DMT. But what's your answer? You can't, you can't steal someone else's answer. No. Um, what makes the most sense to you? Or well, do you want to say, I don't well, want to answer that question, Liam? <laughs> Well, I, I know I know your answer. Your answer is experience, isn't it? Yeah, I always say experience. Yeah. That's the one thing all things share. And from a perspective of looking at things from multiple lifetimes, they all add upon. So more experience. Experience equals kind of education and evolution. Yeah, learn. So that's yeah. where it makes sense from my paradigm. I had a real weird um I had a real weird experience where my, uh, this was years ago, a good friend of mine, um, she gave birth and she had like a little bambino and it was, and she was like real young, like just started walking, just started talking and I like only just. And I said to her, I was like, kind of looked at the baby and I was like, you know why you're here? And I was like, you're here to learn. <laughs> and I was like, you're here to learn. And then the baby was like, yeah. And it was like really affirming, like, yeah, and agreed with it. And it was real strange because like, oh my God, they, like, you, they've just come from that realm, you know, they, like in that mind, that in, in my mind, that, that baby's just come from like the infinite wisdom and the, the, the infinite knowledge, like that, that infinite intelligent realm where it knows everything and it creates everything and the unmanifested and that beautiful, like whatever it might be that love and truth realm where and like yeah and I was like you're here to learn and she just went yeah like but really confirmed it and I was like well that's trippy because as you're out of a baby you don't expect like an answer like that and it was really yeah it was real peculiar dude real peculiar time so I was like maybe that's why we're actually here then because I because for the longest time I've always thought oh we're here to learn that's what we're always doing we're always here we're always learning um, I'm, I'm not sure about I'd say learning I would definitely say experience because life is an experience any form of life whether it's a plant life or what is all experience um, I think when it comes to learning it's about getting and I think a lot of the time it's getting an answer I tend to equate learning with school and with school there's always a right and a wrong answer Whereas with experience is a case of whether it's a good experience or a bad experience, there's something a little else that helps to um, define you and make you what you are. Um, so, okay, so you talked about coming from the infinite realm. I think I listened to your podcast and something really, really interesting came up that you said, and I'm Makes pretty sure sense. it was you. And we're going, okay, so coming from the infinite realm into this realm, obviously at some point this realm ends for you. So death, you said something about fearing death and you had a theory that everyone fears death. Um, is that, it, am I getting the right end, wrong end of the stick or is that is that something, where does that come from? What's your thoughts on that? Um, How did you arrive at that conclusion? Let me try and like put this across as eloquently as I can. Um, and I'll try and maybe hopefully as I'm talking, hopefully new ideas and new consciousness fills my mind and I can deliver a better answer and give an example or something to relate it to or story. But uh, yeah, I feel like um, 
I feel like uh, the one thing that's so like everybody has a fear. Everybody's everybody's got their insecurities and their fears, and there's levels to it. Just like there's levels to confidence, levels to um, skills in certain jobs and whatnot. Um, but I think like the, the the thing that's in the forefront of everybody's mind, or whether they know it or not, like the deepest when you when you go into it and you break it down, you break it down, you break it down. It is the fear of death. That's the, because that's the unknown. Because like, if you're fearing all these little things that happen, I don't know. I just feel like the, but that you, doesn't explain suicide. No. People that kill themselves, they fear life. They fear having to put up with what they're currently putting up with. So I, I it made me think because you said right. it. And then I thought I immediately had the reaction of, no, I don't agree with that. And then obviously it gets you thinking along the lines because I thought, oh, I can under kind of understand where it comes from because a lot of people's fears um, you can relate back to a fear of dying and stuff like that. But at the same time, fear is an interesting concept. And I wondered, because obviously in the podcast, you just kind of said that, but obviously you didn't really, you were talking about something else but it didn't really, didn't really expand on that. So I just wanted your thoughts on how you got to that and, and that kind of thing. But that, that makes sense when you're saying about um, trying to look at the root of where fears come from. Because for a lot of people, I think it does go back to fear of death. Yeah, like if you, if you a powerful question is why. Um, that's another thing I do in the, in the, in the um, consultation is you know the power of why that's the subject line for me and it's like i'll ask someone why because they don't ask it themselves if they say they want to lose weight build muscle i'll say why why i did it with you actually i do i do believe i, I did it with did you. you i didn't think yeah. you did did you I, I, you said I, what's your goal you said pick a long-term goal pick a short-term goal and i said this is what i want from a long-term goal this is what i want for the short-term goal this is why and this is what's happened maybe i accidentally answered your question before you asked it because if you've got a form i just tend to ramble so i might have yeah. managed to get a couple of answer a couple of the questions by just answering the first one maybe but i do have a bit of talk talk talking <laughs> yeah pat uh because I, I try and make it 30 minutes as well, and I have clients either side when I do consultations. Perhaps I was like, oh, I won't fucking go into the why. We'll be here all day. Uh, yeah. Nah, um, so, um, yeah, I just think, like, ultimately when you ask, like, oh, why am I afraid of this? Well, because of this. Well, why am I afraid of this? Because of this. And it's like, I think we, we, we fear, don't get me wrong, I think we fear rejection. I think that's a big thing. We fear not being loved, not being when accepted. When you say we, you're just talking about humans, presumably, not talking about yeah, plants. Yeah, and, yeah. And, I, I, and I don't think I'm projecting either because one thing you can do in, <clears throat> and this is um kind of NLP talk, but uh, the, the idea of projection. So when someone talks and they say you, what they mean is themselves. So if they say like, you know, something when someone throws someone out, but it's really like a, Oh yeah, you know when uh you know when you got this like uh abnormal fear of uh oranges or something and you're like mm, no I don't because I don't have that like or when someone will say something and it's real specific to their relationship going on back home or whatever it is and it's like okay you're projecting so I I don't think <laughs> projecting when I say we I think I really do think that humans you know uh fear not being loved and accepted and they want to be loved and accepted um. 
However, yeah, I just feel like the, the one thing, whether it's, it's strange to you because when I'm sober and you ask me, do I fear death? I'm like, no, I don't. I don't fear death. No. And like, I think you speak to a lot of people and they start tell you they don't fear death. However, um, what changes is when I get high, when I get high and I contemplate, I'm like, ah, oh, I recognize it. I go deep. I go into my body and I go deep and deep and deep. And I'm like, oh, I do fear it. I am scared of it. And it's strange because it's like, it takes, I don't know, it, it, it takes a shift in my consciousness for me to actually like see it and feel it. And like, but yeah, when I'm in this sort of, this kind of whatever you want to call it, sober serotonin realm, like I don't, I don't fear it. I'm like, no, I don't fear death. That's fine. I, I kind of, yeah, I'll accept it and go into it. But it's not until I kind of, yeah, I change my consciousness and I realize like, oh no, I actually do. And it's the same with pain. It's the same with pain. When I get into real meditative states, um, sometimes I realize that there's pain there. I realize that, there, that I do have pain and it's like, that's interesting as well because that's really hard for me to detect, but I can detect that it is there. And I'd I detect it when I when I get out of bed in the middle of the night and stand on a plug. I detect pain then. <laughs> I did that the other day because I unplugged a bedside lamp and I just left the plug on the floor. There was definite pain there. I was sensing some definite pain. <laughs> You're living a slapstick. You're living a slapstick life. Yeah, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> um, what were we talking about? Yeah, fear. Fear. We we're talking about fear of death specifically, but then relating it back to fear in general. Right, but then you started talking about drugs, 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 which is another yeah, interesting I, subject. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, and uh, I don't think drugs are for everyone. And interestingly. Um, well, it depends what you mean by drugs. <laughs> prescription ones or non-prescription ones? All of them. All Caffeine of them. is a drug. We, yeah. we don't, I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> why Why don't you like caffeine? Is it because it numbs your senses? Is it because you I, know... I'm very susceptible... I'm very susceptible to caffeine anyway, because it's basically a stimulant. So if I had caffeine, then I would be like, oh, like that. Uh, particularly if I had it like past four or five o'clock, I wouldn't be able to go to sleep till like three o'clock in the morning. If I had a Coca-Cola or a coffee or something like that, I just wouldn't be able to. Um, but I think it, it uh, I've always equated that caffeine for me, seeing it as a coping mechanism so I see a lot of people that get addicted to coffee oh I need my morning coffee I need my this I need my that and working with a lot of people with addiction um, even though caffeine is a minor addiction I see it as a weakness but I also see it as a slippery slope so I just think of it it's just a highlighted thing that always makes me feel like hmm, the acceptable addiction <laughs> caffeine <laughs> but that's just sort of what goes on in my head <laughs> i like that i know i like that dude because i do the same I, it's all about like i try not to be hooked on anything and if i feel mm. it then i'm like oh shit so uh it, it can be it can be true for anything it can be true for um 
let's say I want to smoke a joint. I don't want to be smoking a joint every day. And I don't want to be, certainly don't want to be waking up and smoking joints and not getting anything done. Uh, masturbation. I don't want to be jerking off at 3 p.m. In the, in the afternoon when I've got my tax returns to do or what have you. Uh, and then obviously the same with coffee. I don't want to be dependent on coffee and having it every day and having headaches if I don't have it. I want to, I want to have everything in balance and same with sugar as well. I don't want to be eating sugar. I don't want to be like just eating it because my mind just says, ah, maybe grab some chocolate. I'll be like, nah, just wait and give it five minutes. And then the thought goes again, it's gone. And I don't want chocolate no more. Don't get me wrong. I eat chocolate. I'm quite, I got quite a sweet tooth, but yeah, so I agree. I, 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 I agree. With, I think it's exercising your willpower and your discipline, isn't it? When you do that as well, when you kind of, and you enjoy it more. If you're one of these people that indulges less, then you can enjoy it more. Cause otherwise if you indulge too much, then it just becomes almost like a sabotage and then you're just like yeah you don't feel good at all do you mm. i just see it as a symptom of a bigger problem i think because they're they, they and coping coping mechanisms is normally the way i describe it it's like this is this thing that someone's latched onto that they're struggling to cope without and i find it interesting why that would be and it, it makes me sort of start thinking about why that would be why does that person need to have three Baylor's shots before they can go to bed? Why can't they just have one? Why do they have to have a coffee? And the physiological effects on the body from that, the, the cause and the effect. Like I know people that are addicted to, to cups of tea. If they don't have a cup of tea every hour to hour and a half, they physically get a headache. <laughs> you know, stuff like that, because they're used to it from decades of having their routine that, that then programs their body to think, oh, I'm not having my cup of tea, there's something wrong. And then the headache starts going. I know one person that I'm pretty sure her headaches get caused from the fact that every single time she feels slightly iffy, whether it's some sort of little bit of depression or whether it's uh, don't quite feel right, she always pops a pill painkiller pill and she ends up I think giving herself headaches if she doesn't take a pill every day you know it's kind of like mm, that's really interesting how much of that is your body giving you that headache because it wants and thinks that you've missed your your pain pill today you know it's not people with any underlying health conditions or anything like that it's literally a case of you see that the first thing that they do when they experience something that's a bit oh they equate it with illness and go for a pill it's just and it's the same with your emotions you can get addicted to yeah. your emotions because it's a familiar feeling you're like oh i know this realm i know this realm of um this emotion whatever the emotion may be uh the question I had for you earlier on was um, I want to talk a little bit about death because whenever we talk and uh, oh, so, so far I've been saying, here's what I like about what you say. Here's what I don't like about what you oh, say. Oh, okay. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. That might be a more exciting talk. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> this is why I don't like what you say. And this is why, yeah, this, this is what you say and, I, and it annoys me. Um, when you talk about death, what are we talking about, about death? Are we talking about the dying process or are we talking about death itself? Let's talk about death itself. Right, okay. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like every human has an obligation to say, I don't know. And they can say their ideas, 
Um, and you're very, um, I think you're quite okay. a conscientious, I think you're quite a conscientious, right. self-aware person. You, you're quite aware of yourself and your surroundings and you're quite conscientious. Um, and when you talk about death, um, you're not talking about it from a idea of, oh, this is, this is my idea of what I think death is. You say, no, this is death and this is the, and I'm friends with it. And so I want to get your, I want you to expand a little bit on death and uh, why it's your friend and whatnot. And I think it's, it's simple. Most people don't have anything to do with death, but most people don't have anything to do with magic. If you think of gravity, most people will say the pen, I'm certain, and it will go and fall to the floor because they're used to that over and over and over and over and over again. And there's science behind that in their mind. They've got so much experience with that. They speak from a place of knowing. So when it comes to death, because of the nature of my job and my experience, I will talk about death as in understanding the mystery of it. Now, death is a mystery and one that you're not supposed to teach. There's a lot of mysteries within magic um, that you're not supposed to teach. Again, why we don't like the books, because as soon as you start trying to explain what death is, it makes me think, yeah, you shouldn't be putting that in a book because it's useless, because it's a something that a person needs to experience from gnosis they need to know it to experience it obviously from talking to clients certain clients might be working towards or working with death with the death card with magic related to death so i can't really turn around to a client that's asking questions or just trying to do something and say well sorry i can't really talk about that that's a mystery that's a mysterious secret sort of thing I have to go to their paradigm take it from their paradigm and then give a little bit of nudges or give them different ideas that kind of thing so when it comes to death it's a case of in order to do my job I have to have an understanding of it but that understanding that I have of it I cannot write a book about and give to someone else they have to develop their own understanding of it the only difference really is that normally after you work with it, everyone has the same understanding of it. So I really kind of just talk a little bit about the common threads. Um, so like people might ask you stuff like what, what, what happens when you die? And I would say something like along the lines of if it's a person that's asking that type of question, it, it, it shows a lot of their knowledge level or lack of knowledge level when it comes to death in general, the concept. So I might say, well, many things can happen. I'm not going to say this is what happens when you die because I'm not religious and I don't have a religious thing. If someone comes to me and says, OK, I'm having this problem. I want to achieve this. I'm having this problem with the death current or I've experienced this when I died such and such time or can you help me overcome this obstacle that is within that kind of death subject? I'll break that down because they're asking a specific question. Um, we, me and you have, question, uh, have talks and chats every now and then where we talk about something specific. 
and then we don't really have time to go into it in huge detail obviously because it's like a passing statement or passing comments and stuff like that but basically obviously um witchcraft magic and you know is an practical way of understanding and changing the universe so death for many is a thing that they want to overcome or they're not comfortable with or want to understand therefore because that's what people are interested in and to a certain extent in order to do other things you need to master that and understand it I suppose would be a better way of explaining would, would be a better way of saying that then you need to kind of uh, to, to know a little bit about it does that answer the question I'm not sure <laughs> or does um, I just ramble no it didn't answer the question however okay. I had one thing I did whilst I was um yeah whilst I was listening uh whilst I was listening to you there um I had like an original idea an original like thought it was new to me and I like that. I, I, I often seek those times of like, oh, that's new. Because obviously you have all, you have the, na the narrative running in your head and um, like everyday life and whatnot. And yeah, I was actively listening to you, really trying to focus in on what you're saying and not have any sort of anything go on in my mind. Um, and what went straight into my mind was, um, I imagine if somebody was to know the realm, the death realm, they still wouldn't be able to explain it in no, terms of... That's, that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. You can explain it because that's notice. You're talking about greater concepts. So because you can explain it, but you can help someone get there. So the lot of what it comes to the mysteries of magic and witchcraft is not... Like I said about school, it's not a case of me sitting someone down and explaining. That's religion. That's what religion does. It's me explaining, here are techniques and tools that you can use to go and find that out. And then when you reach the next point that you're trying to explore, come back and we'll have a conversation then. And the thing is with death is that's a, that's a big subject in itself. So in terms of well, what is death, why is death a thing? Um, can you overcome it? What does that look like? What happens when a human dies? All that sort of stuff. That's all loads of questions that are underneath that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's, it's similar to life, isn't it? If you had this, um, let's say, let's say you had this little um, avatar doll and it suddenly became slightly con conscious. And then, you know, the question was, oh, uh, explain this life. You'd be like, first of all, they'd be like, okay, what does it look like? And you'd be like, well, I don't know where to start because if you mm. went to the desert, it'd be different to uh, if you went to the rainforest. Uh, so where do you start? Like you just have, if you'd explain this life and the experiences, you just, you wouldn't have, I mean, how long do you have? Like We always start, we always start with any subject, whether it's death or anything like that. We always start practically. So we always start with what do you want? What's your goal? Like you would say, and why do you want that? So if someone says, I'm interested in learning death because I want to know what happens when I die, I'd say, well, that's the goal. The goal is to understand what's going to happen to you when you die. And then we work towards trying to get you to get to that goal, to understanding. And that's the thing, like when it comes to death, we've got lots of clients. I mean, that's a fairly um, mundane question. Um, 
say that wouldn't be an experienced practitioner with someone with a little bit of experience the sort of things that they would have would be well I want to interfere with this natural death process so I want to go against the grain of what would naturally happen I want to tinker with this okay so you're talking about not only would they need to understand how it works but then they'd need to understand and develop the ability to interfere with that process. So that's when it gets to some more and more and more complicated things. Again, you can't write that in a book. <laughs> so it's literally a case of one-on-one. -on -one. That's why we do one-on-one -on -one, uh, mentorship. And again, why we refer to it as mentorship instead of you know students, really, because it's not me or Chris or whoever works at our company thought explaining these things is a case of helping them walk through the door walk down that path and guiding them along the way based on what they're asking for um it just happens to be quite a popular one death particularly because a lot of unfortunately a lot of these people like you said have a fear of death but also a lot of people come to witchcraft and magic from a paranormal investigation route which is all to do with bloody life after death and ghosts and all that shit so you know is the question that comes up a lot and it's a um an avenue and a path that people want to find a lot of information out about but now experience i think was the answer to that i've experienced well let's be fair when you die enough times death stops becoming that much of a mystery so then it's really a case of working out how you control that how you control the energy and then going deeper into death so a lot of people don't ask from a beginner's perspective what why is death a thing a lot of the time it starts off with okay so what happens their fear is death so they go well what happens after that how can i control that but actually the question a lot of people should ask is why is death a part of the human existence? I find that more interesting question. Um, but generally people don't ask that if they're beginners. So what's the answer to that? Well, like I said, you can't really have an answer. I would say to you, turn that question into a goal. <laughs> what do you mean yeah you've got me there what do you mean okay so if your fear and if the information you're wanting to know is what happens when i die and when i say i i mean the person that's asking the question i would say that's not the question you should be asking the question you should be asking is how are you going to find out so there's one thing with magic with teaching magic i speak as a mentor uh, a mentor and someone that teachers uh i always say don't listen to someone else when they talk about their abilities and stuff like that and believe them if someone demonstrates something don't believe it just because you're seeing it with your own two eyes only believe it and understand you know only believe it and go with it if you yourself have managed to do that thing and understand that thing and control that thing so when people talk about spell casting and stuff like that i say look i could break the, the science and the principles down for it i could show you spells working 
Don't believe any of that. Don't believe the fact that I know what I'm talking about because I've explained it. Don't believe the fact that I've demonstrated how it works, believe it. Understand it and believe it when you do it. Um, that's one of the big things that I get clients that have come from, um, you know, with witchcraft and magic and occultism, if they've gone to um, psychics, witches, all these sorts of people, they're actually not any of the sort. They're just con artists mm. because they're putting their faith in someone else. And I always say, like, this is the complete opposite. Witchcraft and magic is the complete opposite to religion because it's about you and your interacting much of religion is I'm going to tell you how it works and you're going to accept that with faith. Witchcraft is the opposite. Witchcraft is we throw everything out until we master that. Until we can control it with our own hands. And we do that for practical reasons. Magic and witchcraft is the practical application of a bit like Buddhism. Techniques. A bit like Buddhism. Uh, no, we've got a lot, we've had a lot of Buddhist clients. I think that Buddhism is in the religion category for a reason. Um, Buddhists, like with anything, like when we get clients that are trying to work towards something and they've got a goal, you'll find that the different paradigms that they're from, particularly when it comes to their religions, they always have the same sticking points. So Christians very often get their sticking points the Buddhists wouldn't necessarily get. Buddhists have sticking points that other people wouldn't necessarily get. So um, generally within Buddhism, you don't tend, it tends to be completely counter to what witchcraft stands for. Because witchcraft at the end of the day, and we teach more than witchcraft, we teach general occultism and magic as well. Because witchcraft is an umbrella that falls under a bigger the bigger umbrella that is magic, I'd say. Um, but witchcraft generally is practical applications and techniques for power. So witches generally are interested in gaining knowledge and power. So is that how much more can you learn, blah, 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 blah. Um, whereas when it comes to Buddhism and stuff like that, where you'll tend to find a lot of people with the philosophy as a case of melting into the universe, becoming one with the universe, that kind of thing. Whereas that would be the complete opposite to what most witches would want. <laughs> what do most witches want? Generally, witchcraft is about the acquisition of knowledge and power. I'd say that's, that's it. Um, it's difficult to actually explain it because the word witch, the word witchcraft, has so many con con uh, you know, connotations and is such an umbrella term nowadays. I mean, if you look at the original term, it meant a practitioner of maleficent magic so black magic evil magic that's what it originally meant of course it doesn't mean that anymore because words evolve so it's evolved through to mean many different things now but in general if i'm talking about witches today as in the people as opposed to the word then generally they're on that path because they're attempting to further understand and gain more power. Generally speaking, I'd say if I had to give 
the majority of witches want aim and say this is what the majority of witches want. They want to understand and control the mechanisms of the universe. Generally, that's what magic is kind of the word means, I suppose. Or they want to become king of Mars. Can't say I've ever had any clients that have required that have wanted to be king of Mars. <laughs> no, I know. I'm playing with I'm playing with uh, with your goals, and I know that my goals. Oh, okay, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay, right. I kind of see what you're going out for there. Yeah. Now, to anyone that's listening, that well, well, can I mention this? You can yeah. mention what you like. I, I'm not going to yeah. stop you. Yeah, I'm not cool. going to press the um the the end uh end call button. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, it just goes. Zoom. Um, that would be a brilliant way to end the podcast, actually. I think I might do that. <laughs> yeah, as I'm, as, I, as I'm giving, because uh, it's your listeners as well, as I'm giving your listeners a little bit of insight about you, or, or rather some, uh, yeah, just a, like a little bit uh, into your sort of personal goals and what. We went into it, my personal goals and how I met you, basically, um, on when you interviewed me that time. Yeah. Which I'll the, upload the, the basic stories there, but I don't think I really tend to talk to my clients about it because it's normally more about them than it is about me. To be fair, I reckon they'd like to learn about you, though. Probably they've not I asked hope... the question. Yeah, I won't. Do you do you do you do that at all? Do you ever uh, when you upload the YouTube videos? Do you ever ask for their feedback and whatnot? I always answer their feedback, um, but I to be honest with you. I can't think off the top of my head a, a client ever asking me much about my personal work, mainly because there's not a lot in terms of my personal uh, magical practice, mainly because I don't have a lot of it. Most of what I do is professional magic. So it's helping other people on their paths or doing stuff for other people. There isn't really a lot I do for myself. Um, I picked that thing that you're assisting with uh, for that reason that really I should be doing something and it's more of a it's not something that I'm really working toward because I want and need it it's more of a case of a pastime and uh, if I had to pick a little project what should I pick oh I'll pick that because I find that useful you know it might be a fun journey that kind of thing um, but no actually none of none, my clients don't tend to ask and the people that know me well know what I'm like anyway in terms of because we have sort of kind of we skip that and talk about greater concepts like um, why I would come here or incarnations and stuff like that. So I might let things slip, which make people think, oh, well, I can kind of get to the gist of your magical practice based on that. I know from most mundane perspectives. Well, not magical practitioner. Not that that would have made sense, but you know, it made sense to me. <laughs> You're still not making sense to me. Well, <laughs> ask a specific question, and I'll try and give you an answer as if I'm talking to you. You know what, dude? That's um, that's something that I've learned recently is like the importance of questions and um, like you know what makes some really good podcast as well is 
people's abilities to ask questions and you can get around and dude i love nothing more as well than when i'm with a client and i ask them a question let's say we're talking about their training let's say we're talking about uh, their lifestyle their work whatever it may be and i'm trying to unpackage and unfold um where they're kind of the things that are setting them back and uh, and holding them back and um i love it when i ask a question that i know that they haven't got a pre-programmed answer for and i ask the question and then you just see the cogs work and you see it ticking and they're like oh okay. and you really and they realize like they've never a they've never been asked the question and they've never asked themselves it i enjoy that i um yeah i enjoy those questions they don't come very often though i'd like them to come more more often maybe i'll manifest that maybe i'll do some witchcraft and i'll i'll become a master at asking questions just buy one of those books of a hundred interesting questions to ask. <laughs> yeah, they're probably yeah. There's probably plenty of them out there. There's loads of things like that, isn't there? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do dislike. I think like you, because um, we've talked about this before. I'll tell you, I dislike you. I dislike mundane conversation. The hello, how are you? What are you up to today? That kind of thing bores the shit out of me. And I, I think the one thing I do like about you, um, well, there's probably more than one, but I just say, like, the you one thing that it. made me think, I tell you what, I do like is conversations, and I can spend a lot of time talking to you because it's a case of you can actually go into more depth about things. And I do find that lacking in a lot of people, I have to say. By the way, I figured out, you know, um, so you know you've got energy vampires, people that take your energy. Uh, we can talk about that as well if you want. Um, so you've got okay, my mum. So yes, so energetic vampirism, yeah. Yeah, my, my mum calls it, you've got bleeders and you've got radiators. You've got the people that will bleed your <laughs> energy and you've got the people that will give you, give you the energy. And, um, and I figured it out, baby. I know what it is. I know exactly what it is. This is what it is, right? So it's when people... If you come into conversation with someone, that person has to give a fuck about you and they have to ask you questions and you have to do the same. And the best people that you can surround yourself with and the people you enjoy being around the most are the people that have a genuine interest, right, about you and things that you're doing, you know, and especially if, if, if they want, if, if they want interest, if they want interest on things that you're knowledgeable on or things that you're interested in, then boom, you're going to, you know, like talking with them and they've got to be the same. So I have it with my friends, my clients where you know, um, I'll talk with them about, you know, I'll ask them questions about what I'm genuinely interested in about their life and they'll do the same. And, 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 and that's when you have, that's when there's a beautiful thing that goes on where you kind of have a conversation and you're like, I feel amazing after that. But yeah, if you get in a conversation with someone that doesn't ask you any questions about your life or you, and you're asking all the questions, then fuck me, it's exhausting, dude. It's horrible. And it will put you to sleep in a minute. <laughs> It'll put a glass eye to sleep in a minute as well what do you think about that though what do you think about like energy vampires and like what's your thoughts on it have you given it much thought at all do you perhaps think that we've it's dealt with quite a few cases of energetic vampirism um but most of the cases that would come to me would be slightly more serious so it would normally be someone that's doing going out of their way and purposefully trying to drain someone. Um, I think a lot of that will also factor into psychology. 
um, and people's psyches, so people's personal psyches. So we've worked on a few cases with um, domestic abuse and stuff like that, where there'll be uh, a person who's being preyed upon by their partner um, and their partner seems to um, be energized or, you know, feed off of, I suppose, the draining of the person. So whether they use psychological tricks to do that or whether it's some kind of energetic techniques that they're using to pull energy from that person. But yeah, I mean, it's quite an interesting thing. It's fairly low level magic. Um, but I think from my experience, I think a lot of it comes from psychology and the psyche of the person. I'm yet to find someone that has a natural deficiency in energy that has to feed upon other people. I think it's normally a case of if someone understands the techniques and they've got that psychological mentality of that of a psychopath or a sociopath, they get a sick pleasure from doing it. Um, but yeah, I, I would have said that psychology tends to factor in more to psychic vampirism. Um, it does to a certain extent to actual vampirism as well. Um, I think that's where it stems from because the exchange of energy is a tech, what I'd consider to be a technique. Energy manipulation, exchange, that kind of thing is a magical technique. Well, techniques are techniques. They're not right or wrong. They can have multiple applications. But if you've got someone that understands the principles and has, is a master of that technique, then they can use that in a negative way. I don't know. I said a load of stuff again. <laughs> well, um, so this is cool because uh, when I said this, what I talked about, um, I know that obviously you can like, and you hear it in terms of like fighting, like the UFC and whatnot, and where they say, "Oh, so and so is living in that person's head rent free," and the whole concept. Of getting <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. Yeah, where you get in people's head, you get into someone's head, and um, you know, like obviously it can come through seduction. If you meet someone that's beautiful and they look at you in a specific way or smile at you in a sp specific way and all of a sudden they're in your head. So you, it can come through seduction. It can come through anger. If somebody uh, pisses you off and then all of a sudden they're in your head. Um, that's something that I want to explore a little bit more and I want to learn about because I didn't know that that was, and it isn't until recently that I've learned like, oh yeah, shit, that's a real thing. And like, I want to, so you know, like I want to explore that as well, like learn a little bit about that. Like what, um, I don't know. So I don't know the, the correct question to ask, I suppose, but I guess it would be along the lines of like, all right, what magic? Oh, I got a couple of questions on this actually, dude. So um, my first one was I seen a quote a while ago where it says, if you're missing someone and, and you're thinking about that someone, it's because that someone's missing and thinking about you and, I wonder how much truth there is to that bullshit quote of like, if you're thinking about someone, is that person thinking about you? And that's perhaps why you're thinking about them. Um, I think and most of that would be the kind of bullshit memes from the new age movement. I wouldn't have said that that's, that's um, I wouldn't have said that it's an impossibility or that that's definitely not going to be the case. I'm just saying that, I wouldn't be one of those people that would think, 
oh, every time I go and think about that person out of the blue is because someone else is doing that. Mm -hmm. um, some people that are linked together from a psychic perspective, then yeah, I can kind of see that that kind of thing can happen from time to time, but I wouldn't have said that that's the majority of the cases. And I certainly wouldn't say that that's like a principle of the universe or something like that. Sure. Like, I think a lot of uh, new agey kind of people would preach that. They kind yeah. of come up with these little... Um, cute, cute things. Yeah, things like that. And I kind of think, oh, that sounds a little like bollocks to me, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> Uh, okay, um, what do you, uh, so can you give me an example uh, or a method rather? Could you give me a method of how you might steal someone's energy? Oh, okay. Um, ultimately, it's going to come down to the person, say the magical practitioner's aptitude, experience and knowledge level. So, and that will generally depend on the severity as well that they're able to do. So people that aren't magical practitioners, they can still be psychic vampires. It comes from the psychology to a certain extent, like that psychology principle within spellcasting and that is a case of, is that person in the room just draining the room because they're making it all about themselves or they're really, you know, you just feel tired listening to them, that kind of thing. They're taking more than they're giving back. That's just psychology. If it's a case of that person is sat in the room, say you're on a bus and that person sat at the back of the bus and you're not talking and no one else is talking and yet you feel physically drained and you're feeling sicker and sicker and sicker. That person's not doing anything to talk to you. So it's not really operating on a psychological level. That's an energy exchange happening there. So it really is going to go down to how energy, explain, energy exchange actually works and on what level that person can operate, how much of a master they are of energy manipulation. So I would say the simplest technique or the simplest, the simplest e explanation I would give would be if you imagine you've got a physical person, yep. such as yourself, you've got it's a like physical it. body. I'm, I'm physical. Yeah, I've got physical you've body. You've got a personality, you yeah. know. Got that. Um, but then there's also things that are outside of that, that that science wouldn't quite understand currently. So if you're putting that into some perspective, if this phone, this iPhone is your physical body, the operating yeah. system on that iPhone is your personality. Um, outside of that, of course, there's the cloud. <laughs> so if you're able to, in terms of the energy exchange, and the principles and understanding that if you're on, if you can understand how people work on a physical level, psychological level, and then an energetic level, if you can understand the energetic level, you can interact with that. And then it's a case of putting things there or taking things from it. So when it comes to hexing and that sort of thing and curses and stuff like that, that's basically something being put there. Whereas if you're talking about draining someone and pulling something away, you're thinking about taking something.
from there? It's a super complex question, but that's the basically the, sim the simplest answer I could give is understanding how the soul works, how a person works as a being, and the energetic parts of that person. Because if you're talking about energy and manipulating it, you're going to be working on that level. You're not right. going to be working on a physical level. Right. Because like, yeah, because what I think of is like, uh, let's say, uh, for example. Who is it like, you're wanting to attack? <laughs> uh, no, 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 what it is. So um, I'll tell you where it came from was um, I watched a, do you know David Goggins? Not that I no? can think of now. So I'll just give you, uh, he's sort of um, very popular nowadays. He's an ex-Navy SEAL slash Ranger slash like he's done it all. Um, super badass. Um, he's all about like pushing yourself to your limits. He runs ultra marathons like 240 miles in one race. Um, he's got, he held the world record for most amount of pull-ups during the training. He did 67,000 pull-ups. Um, so he's just a badass and he talks and he's, um, you know, you could say he's found enlightenment through suffering and through you know experience and, and and really going into the mind and and learning about himself and taking accountability for himself and 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 he talked about you know one thing that he did on um the hell week was you have 168 hours of staying up you don't get no sleep you get sleep deprived for that week and you just get beasted and you carry boats and on the wednesday you're supposed to be that you know they tell you that oh by wednesday you'll be fucked like you'll be done in you'll be and, and he decided, like, no, that's what they've told you. And he said to his boat crew, like, no, 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 no. They've put that in our head that we're going to be fucked. We're not going to, you know, like, this is day one now on, on the Wednesday when it's day three. And, uh, and then he, what he did is he, he got so much energy from fucking with the other people. So he realized that the instructors were looking at them judging themselves and what their hell week was like from how they're getting on. So he amped his team up to be like all right we're gonna fucking we're gonna mess with these guys um so then they ended up being like uh they chanted you can't hurt boat crew too mm. and he said like the look on the instructor's face uh, as, as they were like you know all like with their hot coffees and uh and it's freezing cold and they got all that the look of like oh my god like they should be fucked and they've got so much energy like and 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 he said that he drew energy from them and mm. like oh i'm gonna live in their head and that was not and that was i made this podcast was probably about a year two years ago that i listened to this and i and and, and i was like that's interesting because i've never you know like i've never thought about that and that's and, and it didn't it, it only got brought to my attention when i heard him talk about it. and i was like yeah that's true people do live in your head someone pisses you off and they can live in your head and then that's when I wondered, oh, is that like, are they doing that on purpose? Do some people fuck with you? Because some people definitely fuck with you, don't you? Don't they? And I, yeah. you know, my philosophy, I don't really, I'll try not to piss anyone off or fuck with anyone, but um, certainly people do it with you. They certainly do it with you and they'll try and fuck with you and they're trying. And I wonder if that's like, you know, and, and I can think of people, I've got, I've got people that I know that do fuck with people and i wonder are they fucking are they fucking with people to try and get in their head and then to try and steal energy from them or what do they get from that you know and i guess that's why i wanted to cover i wanted to cover um and i guess like you said with the, the whole the personality the soul 
I guess it also means it's also discovering that person's baseline and discovering how they usually act and where their insecurities are and perhaps the things that get them sad or upset or angry. And it's really quite somber. It's quite morbid and whatnot and dark and sinister. But I imagine it comes from that as well. Like, oh, if you want to steal someone's energy, you've also you've got a perhaps I don't know, maybe there's a good way of doing it. And I think actually I think the good way of doing it is if you want to have energy and you want to not rather than still energy, the better way of doing it is have a conversation where you're genuinely interested in the other person. And that other person is genuinely interested in you and you can give yourself energy. I do these podcasts and I come away of energy and I know that the other person comes away of energy. So I think there is a good way of doing it, but I know there's a, there's a, there's the other way of like, Oh, I'm going to mess with this person and steal their energy. Yeah, for, from someone with a foundation in magic, there's no need to ever steal someone else's energy because energy is essentially in abundance. You can take it from many, 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 many sources. So there's never, ever a need to take it from someone else. Um, if you're going to do that, it's going to be because you want to do it or because you don't know any other way of doing it because you haven't got a foundation in magic. So there will be some people that maybe that is the only way that they understand how to do that, to take energy. Oh, I need energy. I'm going to take that from someone else. Um, you said quite a lot of interesting things. I'd say where attention goes, energy flows is quite a popular thing. But again, there's two ways that that thing could have worked with the, the, the ship thing. There's the whole mind over matter and what are the limits of mind over matter. And then there's the actual what we'd, more put into the magical category of is there kind of some sort of energetic exchange going on there um, because not all psychic vampirism is a magical psychic vampirism some things get put in that category this is just psychological techniques um, the real difference is in the understanding of how is that happening is it happening through psychological manipulation or is it happening through some kind of energy uh, exchange, so magic, basically, in other words. Um, but no, it's a really interesting one, actually, because, um, again, it, most of the time when we tackle it, it will be a psychological thing. It will be some kind of parasitic, a person with a parasitic type personality, and they're either aware of what they're doing and might be using a little bit of magic to augment that, or they're completely unaware that they're doing it, in which case most of the time it's a psychological, um, it's just cycle that works on a psychological level. Um, but no, interesting psychic vampirism and stuff like that. Um, it's just one of those things that all of these things are second nature to someone that understands foundational magic. And it's really a case of at that point, how do you decide to conduct yourselves? If you've mastered techniques, is how you decide to use those techniques, you know? You're gonna use the knife to cook a nice meal and chop up some onions and make a stew, or are you gonna stab someone with it? Or are you gonna threaten to stab someone with it? <laughs> or are you gonna threaten to stab someone with it, but then cut up an apple and have an apple with peanut butter? Yeah. It depends on the emotional state. Um, uh, dude, uh, can I you shame asked this me a question the other day? You said, Go on. I'm going to ask you this question on the podcast, but don't ask, I don't answer it now. And I'm wondering if you can remember what it was. 
Yes, I do remember. I also have another question, but here's the thing. This other <laughs> question, um, I'm going to ask on the next pod. We'll do another podcast again soon, because um, I always enjoy our chats. So we'll do another podcast, and I'll ask the question that I am going was going to ask. Um, but yeah, the question I asked and I said was, uh, you. one thing you said to me, and it, it stuck with me, is you have people that um, create, and then you have, and when it comes to riches as well kind of thing, you said you have creators, and then you have people, I forget the other word that you said, but essentially they've been, they watch. Like, so you have people that will consume, that's it. You have consumers, you have creators. The creators will typically get rich if you're constantly creating as opposed to consuming. I like that that, that idea as well. And um, the question I was going to ask you was, do you have a set routine or um, when it comes to, because you do a lot of creating, you do a lot of like perhaps writing of books, perhaps you're creating uh, some sort of sigils for magic, you're doing um, whatever it may be. So I wonder if you have, do you have it routinely? Do you do it when you're inspired? Do you do it? How do you do it? Sort of how do you go about your work? Do you set it in the diary? What's your routine sort of thing? That's what I'm guessing. I'm my, my daily life pretty much revolves around deadlines. So it's essentially if I don't create a deadline for something, nothing, um, nothing will, nothing technically useful will manifest there'll be no end result from it so for example i could spend a day reading a book and i might have learned a little bit or it might have been a fun experience but there's nothing that is a, a final end product or end result out of that so what i tend to do is focus on okay what is an overall project and then have an end in mind for that project so if I'm doing a book I'll decide the first thing I'll decide is okay what is this book about and I'll list the chapter headings and then I'll say what is the extent that this book is going to cover and when am I going to release it so I know that I've got x amount of information or the depth that I want to go to for each chapter for each um you know book essentially and then I know that I've got to do that before the deadline um, mm -hmm. when it comes to product development like I'm developing some products and stuff like that for our store I've sat down with Chris and we've said okay we're going to be releasing a this range of products on this date so I need to decide I've got two months to do this how many products in this range can I create in those two months how long is each one going to take and I'll put that down. So it all revolves around less routines and more deadlines because my day-to-day -day is not really the same. And I think a lot of people, when they think of routines, is, oh, I do the same sort of thing. I do an hour of writing, then I'll do an hour of this, and then I'll go to the gym for an hour, then I'll do that. Whereas I don't tend to think of things like that. I tend to think of forcing myself to get something done by, oh, I need to do this by a set date. Because um, I'm one of those people that gets bored really easily. That's why I have to set deadlines. And I could spend my entire uh, life doing all sorts of wonderful things, but there would be no real results from that. Nothing would ever really be finished. And I like to have that finished aspect rather than loads of things that have never really made something, particularly when it comes to creative kind of content. Um, which is completely the uh, opposite to like 
pleasure and stuff like that because some people like that kind of mindset take it to the extreme of I'm not going to do anything unless it serves a purpose whereas I'm perfectly happy to spend a day watching crappy Netflix series but during that that time I would say oh I know that I'm going to do this all day and I'm only going to do it all day you know yeah, like it feels more enjoyable then, doesn't it? If, if you've worked yeah. hard and then if you work hard and you go for a little bit of suffering through the hard work and yeah. whatever it may be, like a long walk and you climb hills and you do 10 kilometers in the, in the sideways rain and then you want to chill, chill and watch TV for three hours, it feels better because you've like, you've, you've worked hard, you've done something of a struggle. Mm. Um, dude, uh, yeah, on the subject of finishing, um, can I shamelessly plug? Because this is going on your uh, channel as well as mine. It's going on your no. Well, this will be in the in the on the Patreon by now because the first half an hour of our podcast is free, and then anything after that gets uploaded on our uh, Thoth Witchcraft Patreon. So you'll have the patrons listening to you. Oh, good! Much love to the patrons. I love you. And um, if you are listening to this, stop listening to it immediately and come over to a casual journey podcast and listen to my podcast. Um, so you're not on any podcast providers, are you? So they can't go uh, on Spotify yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I am. I'm on Spotify. I'm on iTunes. Oh, you're on Spotify and iTunes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Spotify, Spotify, iTunes, Buzzsprout. Type in a casual journey podcast. It's okay. me and my friend Paul Denniston. Um, and we just talk about nonsense. Okay, so what I will do is, um, if for those that don't have access to the podcast stuff and can't quite work out how the podcast works, because I know a lot of you that are, there are some people on Patreon that are a bit technophobes and it took you a while to get onto Patreon. Um, I'm going to leave a link in the description for this podcast that will take you to the, the YouTube channel with Lee's casual journey podcast so you can have a little look there as well Absolutely lovely of you i also do my own podcast which is obviously gonna this is going to be uploaded to my pod uh my other podcast that i do by myself with sort of just friends uh, what's friends. that called um that's called i'm under i'm undecided on it as well dude because i i called it um well, that's helpful for a marketing perspective isn't it yeah, where is it going to be is it going to be on your fitness channel yeah it is yeah it's on right. um i'll also leave a link yeah. to lee ford's fitness channel oh, and you can go me, and have a little me. look at his videos and stuff let me um, uh, let me myself. you might as well look him up on instagram if any of you are on instagram lee ford that's l-e-e ford um fitness is it on instagram or is it just lee ford uh yeah uh, it's uh lee ford tactical evolution Lee Ford's Tactical Evolution. There we the go. The you reason have to go and look him up now. There's a Only reason. send happy energy towards him. Don't you witches don't be going cursing and stuff like that, okay? I'll tell you the ones you're allowed to go after, but there's in one of them. Be nice to him. Um, the reason why my cat, my, my, my podcast doesn't have a name yet is because I was going to call it a man in a camper van. However, as you know, my plans are to sell my camper van six months from now to then buy assets um so yeah so i was like well hang on i'm gonna get like <laughs> soon i'll be doing a podcast not in a camper van and then people were like why is it called this so yeah so i kind of was like well i don't think i can actually call it that so it's undecided at the moment but maybe i'll call it four dog and friends four dog is my alter ego when i was in the army one a good friend of mine um 
South African man that I love. He was, he called me Ford Dog and I kind of just took it on and embodied it and it was kind of a joke. And so I would. How many people that. actually call you that? Because I, I call it that. I call you that because I yeah. was told to. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it's my alter ego. You call me it. And then I got a couple of other people that will call me it every now and then. They'll be like, Ford Dog. <laughs> um, <laughs> dude, good talk, man. I've enjoyed this thoroughly, as always. Well, there we go. That is the end. Hopefully you enjoyed this strange little collaboration. Um, let us know in the comments.